Welcome back to Signals from Pittsburgh. Uh, this is episode four of Four for Forty. Uh, we're a little belated, but you know, everything's belated these days in the pandemic days. And oh, I have a co-host. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome, Will. How does it feel to be on my show? Uh, it feels great to be on your show. I like that you're doing the introduction. It uh, suits the craziness of everything that's happened to us trying to record this episode. <laughs> yeah, this this episode was a bit of a doozy trying to get done. So we're belated, but we're here, and it's still going to be just as good as it ever was. Maybe even better. Um, so we left off. We went through the first three movies, if you want to call it that. The trilogy. The Holy Trilogy, yes. The Holy Trilogy. And this episode is, there's so, there's so much to Evil Dead. There's so much. It just can't, it can't even be covered in four episodes. So, you know, we got to cut, we got to cut it off at some point. But so this episode is a miscellaneous episode. So we're just going to talk about all the other stuff Evil Dead related. We're going to just talk about pretty much whatever we want, you know, tell some stories and just talk about all the other cool stuff that doesn't get mentioned as often. Um, So I guess next in line would be Ash vs. Evil Dead, right? Yes, Ash vs. Evil Dead. Like you were saying, Brittany, in the opening, Evil Dead is so ubiquitous. That's your uh, 10-cent word for the day. Ubiquitous. It's (laughs) ever-present. It's in uh, television shows, video games. They've done everything. Uh, uh, Funko Pops, anything you name it, Ash Williams exists in it, finally. And uh, growing up as a kid, I would have loved an Ash vs. Evil Dead TV show. But um, luckily... We got three seasons from stars, and I think from top to bottom, it was like one of my favorite shows. It's great. It, it fires on all cylinders. It gives you a little bit of the old and the new, and um, I think that it got cut a little bit short, but the problem was that it was on stars. So I think being on stars gave them freedom, but it also detracted from the viewership because not a lot of people subscribed to stars to watch it and saw it later on Netflix or on Blu-ray. Yeah, so what years did that run? That was that was around 2013? Is that when it, it ended? Start, uh, it started on uh, 2015. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was way off. No, yeah, it was. Uh, it premiered on, there was a sneak preview at midnight. I'm cheating off the internet, so don't feel bad, Brittany. <laughs> uh, sneak, sneak preview at midnight on October 31st, 2015. And that's from the okay. Evil Dead Wiki, stating my resource. Wow. I don't know what my excuse for not seeing it was then, other than not wanting to get stars. So I guess that was my excuse. <laughs> I mean, I guess the stars have streaming at that point. This kind of a offshoot, but or was it like you had to have cable and then you could add it? I th- I'm pretty sure they had an app. Or on they demand had a, or something. They had an on demand, and I think I had it on an app, but you still had to have a cable service to get it i think yeah. it wasn't you know you i think that's I, probably what really stopped me was i thought you had to have some sort of cable service but either way excuses aside i i never got um stars uh so i didn't see it when it came out and most of the people i knew didn't see it when it came out because they also couldn't get stars or couldn't afford it or whatever the deal was um so it took me until uh, 2021 to watch the whole entire series with Will. So here we are. Just for the record, Stars was only $9.99 a month. And I think they had a promotional deal where it was $4.99 when Ash vs. Evil did. I just want to throw that out there. So anyway, I've corrected <laughs> that mistake. Um, and I have seen every episode now and some bonus features. And um, it was amazing. It was so good. It was it was so well done. It kept totally in line with what it should have. There wasn't a single bad episode, um, but there were a few favorites, a couple standouts for me. And so I had trouble just picking one. So I picked three. (laughs) And I think that's a that's fair. Right. So um, it's oh, man, it's even hard to rank. I won't even rank these three. I'll just say they're all my favorites equally. But um, the first one that really that I really loved was that morgue episode. It's I think it's episode two of the second season, maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was just hilarious. Uh, so Ash has to go into a morgue to recover. What was he recovering? The book, right? Yes, he was going after a book. I believe Ruby had hidden the book inside of a uh, person. Or he, well, no, Ruby was also looking for the book, but he Everybody had was looking, hidden. Yeah. 
he had hidden the book in a dead body and he was going to the morgue to get it before <laughs> Ruby could get the book. Yeah, and this is probably the most gratuitous episode <laughs> out of all of them. It was just it was nasty and it was amazing and it was it was shitty you could say in the best way. <laughs> and that was one of the things um the showrunner uh that there was a the showrunner and then you had um Rob Tapper, Sam Raimi, everybody came up back on board. So mm-hmm. you kind of had the old the old crew and the new crew working together. And I guess that was a point of contention uh, a little bit because the um, showrunner wanted more of the gross slapsticky, even even more so than the movie. So because there is you know scatological humor later on in season three. I don't want to jump ahead. There's some <laughs> pretty much you know gross out. Humor in, in, you know, when he goes to uh, a certain facility. So it kind of leaned a little bit too far into that uh, genre for some people. I think uh, I've read uh, some reviews online, but I thought it was funny. I thought it all fit, and I thought it was a good mix of the humor of uh, Army of Darkness, but the gore, I mean, the gore was outstanding in the show. I mean, there were some CG parts, I thought, that weren't the best, but it, I've seen worse in you know, million dollar movies uh, or, you know, multi-million dollar movies. So it, there was nothing that took me out of it, but especially yeah, this episode where he goes into the more to retrieve the book. I agree with you. That's one of my, Oh favorites. yeah. <laughs> the, the next one that I really like this one might be my favorite out of the three, even though I said I couldn't pick, but it's the uh, possessed car. <laughs> so, so the Delta gets possessed um, and it kind of goes, it goes and has its own, pretty much its own episode. I mean, they flash back here and there to, um, other things that are going on, but I feel like most of the episode revolves around just the car having its own adventure. And I loved it. It was so good. I loved everything about it. That might be my favorite episode. Yeah. They, uh, uh that was amazing. I thought the Delta being possessed was something they never really, you never really see them possess a non- sentient being i mean kind of in evil dead 2 where everything starts laughing at him but it's not it's not yeah, like it's pretty mild it's, though yeah it was mild it wasn't like this the delta gets full on possessed starts going after uh, fe- uh fellow co-eds at um of uh ash's daughter uh brandy so we find out in season three that ash has a daughter and her name is brandy and uh the deadites invade her high school and a couple of her friends, one being the uh, daughter of the town sheriff who wants to lock Ash up. That's correct. It's his daughter, right? That's trapped in the car? Yeah. Yeah, right. And uh, the Delta pretty much. And the special effects on it are amazing. It's one of, it's one of my favorites. Uh, speaking of the Delta, I love the music that he just blares when, it, when it's not possessed when he's driving through. Uh, Storm, uh, Stormbringer, space trucking, some old Deep Purple, some Iggy and the Stooges, like the soundtrack. They really spent a lot of money on this, and it's all in line with stuff that would that Ash would listen to, like old Detroit, like hard rock and metal and shit and punk and stuff like that. So I really dig that. Oh yeah, it was it was a great episode. It was so funny. The end of that specific episode, I won't say what it is, but it had a big, um, not a big plot point, but like a very shocking turn the way they concluded that episode that was kind of important to the story so yeah my favorite and the the third notable one for me um i think it's episode seven of season two (laughs) or three how many seasons were there again i'm so bad three seasons three seasons it was episode seven of season two um called delusion and we get um an evil puppet ash (laughs) it's um i love that they went with a puppet I mean, over the years, there's been all sorts of Ash doubles, evil Ashes, uh, doppelgangers, appendages um, that he has to fight with um, and do his whole like slapstick body flopping humor. Um, But we have a uh, we have a puppet that looks just like Ash that gives him a real hard time. Yes. And they're uh, they're enslaved in a a sane asylum by Ball, which is an evil demon. Kandarian demon raised from hell. Oh, I'm not sure if he's a Kandarian demon, but he's a demon raised from hell. He's the father of Ruby, who is played by Lucy Lawless, who's great in this. We find out she is the author of the book and the daughter of Professor Noby and the sister of Annie Noby, who we see in Evil Dead 2. And Henrietta is obviously her mother. 
So she is a full she be, she's a full blown demon. Um, by the end of season one, to settle things down, her and Ash have a pack. But season two, she she has children and they're running they're running amok. And our heroes get trapped by Ball, who is her ex lover, and has convinced them they're all insane and none of this is real. And that's where we use the therapy hand puppet of Ashy Slashy, which comes in non possessed and possessed form. Yeah, so wait, they sell they sell the puppets in possessed form too? Is that what you mean? There's possessed and non possessed. Oh. Yeah, they well I just met in the show, but yes, he he's possessed and non possessed. But uh merchandising wise they do non possessed and possessed form. Oh, that would make sense. That's smart. Cause then like real collectors they they need to get one of each. Right. They got a double dip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um so those are my favorite episodes. Um favorite favorite characters. That's hard to pick too. It's like Ash, Kelly, Pablo are my three favorites. And they're the main trio. And I mean, uh I don't know. I they're, they're my favorites. I feel like it's kind of silly to say like the main three characters are my favorites, because that seems to not happen very often in shows that I watch. Um but I mean, it's true in this one. How can you not like them? They're amazing. Uh, ghost beaters. You can't. You know. You can't beat the ghost beaters. <laughs> yeah. And then when uh, when Ruby comes ar- uh, around, I ended up liking her character. Yeah. You know her arc the, for the first time, and I love Eli the lizard. <laughs> so. Eli the lizard is great. Um. Yeah. I've got to <laughs> say to elaborate on that. Ash. Um. Bruce Campbell plays Ash amazingly. I think this is the best characterization of ash first movie is essentially a, a damsel in distress he is the final guy yeah playing mm-hmm. the final girl role and if you know you go by the straight continuity of just evil dead one maybe he dies but in the trilogy continuity he we know that he lives and gets possessed briefly um he's kind of the you know the damsel in distress or the the dame in distress uh in the first movie in the second movie he becomes the reluctant you know, hero. He, he becomes grizzled mm-hmm. by the end, having had killed his friends and his girlfriend. And then the third movie, he's just the cocksure, you know, arrogant, over the top, Errol Flynn, John Wayne, badass hero uh, of the of the medieval times. But here, you know, he's he, you know, we fast forward twenty years, thirty years. He's a lot, he's older. He's out of shape. You know he's still kicking ass, but he, he he's got he's got some <laughs> miles on him, and it's not the it's not the number of years, it's the miles or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, two things I like. Um, I'm kind of glad the TV series took this long to come out. He aged into himself, like so. It's like literally almost thirty years or whatever since the last movie. So it's. I think it just works really well, and he naturally aged. They didn't need to age him up, and he just kind of grew into the character. And, uh, oh, I said there's two points, but I forgot the second point. Oh, now he has real gray, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't have a fake gray streak that uh, goes away, so. Yeah, he grew grew him in for real, right? (laughs) Or at least more naturally. He got the wingtips, like Polly Walnuts from Sopranos. It's great. (laughs) Oh, I got to shout out uh, Ray Santiago as Pablo. Pablo is his right-hand man. Uh, and then they work together at his new retail job, which is no longer the S-Mart, but it is the value stop, which I prefer S-Mart, but that's okay. And they're joined by Kelly, who is Pablo's best friend, and, you know, he longs for her. That's the object of his affection. That's out of reach. Pablo is just your lovable sidekick. He's the kind-hearted soul. Um and later on in the series, he really gets, you know, his balls. He gets to, he goes through a lot of shit. <laughs> he goes he, you through know, he shit. gets, yeah, he gets his, uh, you know, he gets possessed. Um, everybody gets possessed in this show. I, I don't think there's one person <laughs> that doesn't get, I, I was noticing that as we were watching it. I was like, I think every single main character gets possessed at some point in this show. I think so. so yeah. Which I thought was great. Um, I actually got to meet Ray Santiago. And of course, uh, Kelly Maxwell, Dana DiLorenzo, who I have a huge crush on, beautiful. Uh, I think she has a boyfriend. That's okay. I don't care. Uh, but <laughs> she, I, she's just badass. I met her uh, too. She is who she is in real life. She's just like that cool Italian girl who takes no shit and strong, 
you know, female characterization, not force, you know, there's a lot of wokeness and I think inclusion is important. I think we need Pablo not being just some white nerdy kid as a sidekick. So Ash kind of comes off as the Archie Bunker of, uh, you know, the last decade, you know, he's like a, a, a lovable, the lovable boomer. So he goes from, you know, cocksure hero to lovable boomer, you know, not quite woke, but <laughs> his heart's in the, what's that? I said, what an arc. Right. His heart's in the right place. Yeah. And Kelly is, is just the badass, uh, take no bullshit, uh, girl that would, uh, you know, take you to a bar, get drunk with you, fight with you in the bar and then make out with you. You know, she, yeah. she's, she she's will hot. kick your ass. Yeah. I'd she's hot. My ass and make out with me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, she was, I think Kelly's my favorite character in the, in the entire show. Obviously I love Ash, but, um, I think she had a great story arc. She just started out as uh, someone along for the ride, and then uh, her, her mom was dead, came back from life, killed her dad, and then she swore revenge on the deadites and joins Ash and Pablo, uh, El Jefe, as Pablo calls <laughs> Ash, the boss. So, uh, yeah. And Pablo is El Brujo, as you find out later as we go on. <laughs> so everybody has a great story arc. Uh, just kind of fell off there, but that's what I like. They don't. They do. Nothing's boring. I, I, it's hard for me to pick particular episodes. Um, I got to say, too, uh, to jump ahead a little bit, uh, I'm going to say second favorite character, I love Brock Williams. Uh, Lee Major, uh, uh, famous from Lee Majors, uh, from the $6 million man, uh, the fall guy. I actually met Lee Majors before he did the show. He's amazing as Brock Williams. It's just someone who just kind of out, out, classes ash in in ashiness so it's you can tell where he gets <laughs> yeah. it from he's definitely his father's son he's an asshole it's a game of one-upsmanship he's a he's a ladies man he's he's just as ignorant and lovable as ash is and um he is a credit to the show like lee majors killed it in this show and uh one of my favorite characters um ted ramey's in this he plays ash's childhood friend chet yeah. who we find out dated uh cheryl who is actually um, reprised. She comes back from the dead and she's reprised by Ellen Sandwich, which is really cool. The the gentleman that played um, ball too, uh, his name is Joel Tobeck. And he kind of looks like, I thought, what's that? <laughs> well, I was calling Ozzie. him Ozzy, right? <laughs> he kind of looks like uh, he could be a brother to Ozzy and um, Brad Dourif. He kind of looks like, like a combination. Yeah, the stepbrothers of those two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you confuse Ozzy and Brad Dourif together, because I, when I initially watched it, I was like, is that Brad Dourif? But uh, no, but he did a great job as Ball. He was a good foil. I, th I thought that was another thing about the show is all the villains and all the deadites, the designs were cool. They didn't rest on their laurels. They tried to throw something new in each episode. It was like a mini movie, each one. Oh, yeah. And let's not, oh my God, how could I forget about Lucy Lawless? I brought her up, but kills it like she has to you know she actually goes through there's a i don't want to ruin everything i don't want to spoil everything but she goes through a character arc and then she comes back and plays the character in a different way so she has a lot of range in this show and you know i loved i always loved her on xena she's actually married to rob tapper they met i believe on xena the rob tapper for those of you who don't know after they did evil dead 2 they went on to television so him and sam raimi produced hercules a legendary Journey with Kevin Sorbo and Xena Warrior Princess with Lucy Lawless. And then there's a love story there. And then when they went back to television with Ash vs. Evil Dead, they brought Lucy Lucy Lawless in as, as um, Ruby Noby. So I thought it was a cool, kind of came full circle. It was really cool. Yeah, so there's, there's so many good people in the show. Um, Samara Weaving makes an appearance as well for like uh, one episode, <laughs> one or two, like one and a half episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's a lot, there's a lot of good people who make their way through, um, even if they're in there for only like an episode or two. The body count is not small. Oh no, it's not. <laughs> the cast is large. Uh, there's a lot going on. I wish they had Eli a little more in the end. You know, they kind of dump him <laughs> after season two. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder whatever happened to him. He got possessed. Maybe he's a demon lizard now. He could be. Mm. He could be possessed by uh, the um, by the deadites. Uh, I like <laughs> the world building they've done here in this show. Um, they didn't 
I think at the time they started the show, they didn't have the rights to Army of Darkness, so everything is kind of vague. This has its own continuity. They're alluded to. Allude. It's alluded. Yeah. He alluded to that he went back in the past and had adventures, but it's the strong continuity is Evil Dead 1, Evil Dead 2, and then this. But then you find out there are um, the knights that follow him, that Knights of Samaria, and uh, and one of the badass guys that Kelly ends up teaming up with, uh, his name is Dalton, played by Lindsay Ferris. He was, you know, he was cool for what he was. Um, but they're they're kind of this uh, secret Templar order that, you know, understands that uh, that battle the Deadites and understand that Ash is the chosen one. So I like that angle on it, and uh, it's they really come into uh, play at, like later in season two and season three. Uh, like I said before, we find out Ash has a daughter. Um, her name is Brandy. He knocked up a woman named. Candy, Candy, Candy Bar, <laughs> <laughs> poor, uh, unfortunately named Candace Bar, uh, and then I a lot of I think there was a little pushback from the people did what did watch the show about Brandy, but I liked I thought Brandy was fine I think she had a good once again great story arc she came in kind of reluctant to accept this weirdo suspected serial killer because in Ash's town he's known as Ashy Slashy and uh, not really accepted thought of as a killer that got away with it and killed his sister and his girlfriend and his friends. So this poor guy has been living, you know, kind of with the scarlet letter of being ashy slashy her finding out this is her father is obviously devastating to her. And so their kind of interpersonal relationship and the growth I thought was cool. I think there's a lot of, you see a lot more sides of Ash in this and it really brought it home. It really made you, it wasn't just him giving, I mean, he did have the one-liners and he had the funny lines <laughs> and there was plenty of action and plenty of him getting his ass kicked. But on top of that, the characterization, he grew. They pushed him further in these three seasons as a character than they ever got to in the movies. And I appreciated that. Yeah. And it doesn't feel forced. So. No. So I think, uh, I don't think they did a thing wrong with the TV series at all. <laughs> I think it's perfect. Um, other than we want, we want a little more. But we're always going to want more. So where where they ended up having to stop it, it's a little frustrating. But also, that's if they're going to stop it at all or cancel it, that was probably the best place to stop it because most things were wrapped up and they just alluded to something that could be. So, so it was amazing. It it was amazing. I loved it. Every episode, I loved every single episode. It's worth watching if you haven't seen it. We may go back and do an in depth. Uh, we talked about doing maybe an episode by episode thing, but that's a lot of work, but I, I loved it so much. That could be a possibility. Uh, it doesn't seem that like there's a lot of, you know, you got ton, plenty of like breaking bad and Sopranos and all these great shows have podcasts or, or video, you know, essays on them. And there's a little bit out there for as for evil dead, but I don't think there's a good in-depth one. So maybe, maybe that's something we'll explore in the future, but don't hold us to it. Cause that's a lot of <laughs> Yeah. Don't hold us maybe. to it, but maybe, <laughs> But maybe um, we'll see. So along with all the movies that came out over time and everything else that's come over out over time, um, of course, they dipped into the video game market. And um, yeah. some of you might know this, but uh, if you could guess how early they got into the market, I wouldn't have guessed 1984. <laughs> so... In my mind, I'm like, okay, they were like gaining traction. They were more popular, blah, blah, blah. I, d I wouldn't have expected them to get into video games um, until maybe maybe the 90s, like the late 90s or something. So 1984, um, there's a game release called The Evil Dead. And it was for the Commodore 64 slash Commodore 128, uh, which I'm sure very few people have up and running these days. But it was a good old, like, 8-bit, really low. It's exactly what you, you would expect. Like, black background. Nothing really looks all too gory. Nothing looks... It's a bunch of pixels. <laughs> <laughs> but it's out there. And I was really surprised um, to find out that they started a video game franchise that early. Um, there is... I'll put this in the description. But there is a way to download, um, like, a emulator type of thing for this game so it's free out there www.c64.com you can find it on there and you can download it and i think you can just play it on your computer so if you're interested definitely do that after that there was let's see 
There's three more major entries. Um, Evil Dead, Hail to the King, came out in 2000 for the PlayStation, Dreamcast PC. Um, <laughs> I'll say uh, the, the controls and gameplay were a little janky, but a lot of things were at the time. But what was really nice, especially for the time, was that Bruce Campbell came back and recorded um, original lines, like new lines, specifically for the game and the character. Um, so that really like stepped it up a notch, especially back in 2000, um, when, you know, voiceovers and voice talent wasn't all that great still. <laughs> uh, we didn't, we weren't into the modern era yet. Also, there's a bunch of live action trailers that they recorded for this game and they're pretty amusing to watch. They're a lot of fun. So check those out. Second game was Evil Dead, A Fistful of Boomstick. Gotta make sure I say that right. Fistful of Boomstick, 2003. Um, I remember this one the most, uh, because that's just the one, I think it's the one I had first and played the most. Um, but you got out of the cabin, out of the woods, you got to run around town as it was being taken over by deadites. Um, Bruce returns, more voiceovers, more new lines, and the controls were better. So that's always a plus. The next one was Evil Dead Regeneration, 2005. They moved up to PlayStation 2, Xbox, PC. Um, not too much to say about that. It was kind of similar to the one before it, but they just improved on all the things that were janky about the last two. And then Ted, Ted Raimi was in that one, right? Uh, I think so. They, Ted they did a really good job getting. Kick, yeah. yeah, yeah, they did a great job getting like original voice actors to come back for these, which is sometimes really hard to do. But yeah, it really added production value to all these. I have, I think I have all of the games now physically with me, thanks to Will. <laughs> he kind of donated some of the ones that I had lost over the years. Unfortunately, I've misplaced more games than I'd like to admit over the years. But um, they were good. They were fun. And they're a blast from the past. If you want to boot up something old and you're in the mood for Evil Dead that isn't a movie, check those out. And it, you won't have to wait very long if after you beat mm -hmm. those, because next month, Evil Dead the video game is coming out, and this, uh, not to steal your thunder, Brittany, but this is going to be the very first, and I just found this out recently, this is the very first thing <laughs> where all three studios, because for those of you that know, the, each movie is owned by a different studio, as well as the TV show, this is the first ever piece of merchandise, interactive merchandise, where all of the studios are cooperating together in America to release something, so it's going to have all the characters from Evil Dead, uh, uh, Army of Darkness, Evil Dead 2, Ash vs. Evil Dead. Everybody's mm -hmm. going to be in there. Probably, the, I'm sure, maybe they'll, throw some, maybe they'll throw the character from the remake and downloadable content. I'm not sure. But this is going to be awesome. I'm really excited about this. Um, we didn't. It will have a character that we passed up, Amanda Fisher, who was in the Ash vs. Evil Dead series, and I wanted to bring her up because she did a great job played by Jill Marie Jones as a cop that is trying to track down Ashy Slashy, who is leaving dead people in his wake. She thinks he's a murderer. Uh, but then we find out that is not the case. They kind of have a moment. And then, of course, as all of Ash's love interests, sorrow ensues, but I will not. But I digress. She will be in the video game, along with uh, some of the series greats like uh, Evil Ash, Henry the Red, um, the leader of two things, yeah. Jack and shit and Jack left town. Uh, evil Ed is going to be in the video game. Cheryl is going to be in the video game. Evil Ash. And it is going to be, uh, of course we're going to have the ghost beaters. We'll have Dana DiLorenzo as Kelly. We're going to have Ray Santiago as Pablo and Bruce Campbell himself, Ashley J. Williams. This is going to be awesome. I'm so excited for this game. Uh, uh I can't wait. Well, what were you what were your thoughts on this? What did you find out about this? Uh, well, the the gameplay looks really good. So I was a little worried when I first saw that it was coming out. Um, not to talk too much shit on the <laughs> Friday the 13th games or anything. But, man, everybody was slow. The controls were clunky. It's it was, I, I just feel like the gameplay wasn't that great. And I played it for a while, and it was still fun. But it was just clunky. It was like a chore to play it almost. And I was afraid that this was going to be similar in the early um, sneak peeks or whatever. Because it looked kind of similar. But the more that they release about it, 
um, and the more that they show gameplay wise. I think the combat's going to be uh, good, <laughs> at least good. It's not going to be bad, I don't think. Um, and I love that they're doing kind of a um, I guess they did this in other games, too. But they're doing um, you can be on the good or the evil side. So you can play the demons. You can play some of the um, antagonists. You can choose to be on whatever side you want <laughs> if you want to be a dick. Right. So <laughs> it looks fun. I, I want to get my Henrietta on. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I've always loved games that allow you to play as um, the evil side or the villain or just even just like a standard zombie. I always loved Resident Evil Outbreak because once, you know, that was like a taste. That was a taste because once you died, you could get up as a zombie and walk around for a little bit, you know. And it was um, it was the early online days. So I always loved and kind of craved the option to be the bad guy <laughs> and kind of screw up everybody else's game, you know, if I can. So I'm really excited for it. It's on it releases on everything. So <laughs> um, I don't I don't know if there's cross platform play uh, when it comes to online. You know, and when I say everything, I mean, like the switch is getting a version of it, which usually doesn't necessarily give uh, like a a version of something like this. Um, so everything. So I don't know what the cross platform play is, but I'm sure there's going to be a good online community for every release. So. So I'm really excited. As you can tell, I'm a big game nerd. So <laughs> you are you are definitely a huge game nerd, but I appreciate that because as I get older, I was like, I don't want to say I was a huge game nerd when I when I, I grew up. You know, I was born in the 80s, grew up, and, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I wasn't rich. I wasn't getting all the new systems all the time. When I got a job, I'd eventually be able to get the new systems or a new system. Um, So back then, like, when you were playing the old shit, that was, you were poor, and that was lame. Now it's like <laughs> retro gaming is cool. It's like, you can play old shit, new shit, it's all great. Like, it's all, I love, cool, I yeah. love the, here's this word again, ubiquitousness of gaming like it's everything old is new we got great new games we got great old <laughs> games everybody's coming together we're getting evil dead as a video game and it's including all the characters it sounds like we're getting you know promotion paid by them but we're not i'm just super <laughs> excited, excited for this game <laughs> super excited uh it's gonna have elegos in it which is one of the demons from an original creation for ash vs evil dead which i think is one of the best villain deadite demons ever the one that eventually possess Kelly, but he's got a very um I would say like he's he's reminiscent of the eye I I man in uh Pan's Labyrinth, but he's got the creepy no face with the sharp teeth. I can't wait to play as him. Uh I'm I'm digging it. I'm I can't wait. I hope they have um I hope Rotten Applehead makes an appearance. Like maybe if all the demons can like activate something, Rotten Applehead can come and like blow some shit up or something, you know? Like almost like a air like an airstrike in Call of Duty, like bring in the rotten apple head. We always talk about every every episode so far. We always talk about how there's not enough. There's not enough of him. Nobody ever talks about him. There's like not much merchandise. And I want to see some dirty rotten apple head or Kandar the Destroyer. Uh, yes, Kandar the Destroyer from the t from the uh, finale of the TV show would be great. I'm sure he's going to be in there. Rotten Applehead would be cool, or even if they did like a cabin, um, do like a cabin level where, um, like you said, you activate something and maybe you have yeah. to activate. You can the like summon him or something. Su he can come out of the floor or the door and like grab one of the good characters. And, I don't know. Yeah, that would be really something. cool. So you should be you should be programming video. You should be working on this. <sighs> I should be the idea lady. Just you pay me to have lady. ideas. That's that's the dream, right? That's a great idea. And I'm sure the Delta is going to be in this thing, too. I don't know if we'll have a possessed Delta. I, I have high expectations, so I hope I'm not let down. But also, what does this mean for the future? If these three studios, these three big studios can agree on this, are we finally going to get an Evil Dead set in America that has everything in it? I mean, internationally, because the rights are different, they can put everything together. I know I bought everything, you know, multiple times. Everybody has multiple home video releases, and they just did another brand new one, which I have not purchased yet, but it's got Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2 in the in the series in it, but not, not Army of Darkness. So can we get, if we can agree, and this makes money and everybody's on the same page, it's time to do one big home video release, finally, put it in a fucking, here's what I want. 
I want it in a fucking, they've done the small books before. I want the scale replica, um, book of the dead and put all the disc in that, like make it like a oh, Necronomicon yeah. and put and, and do the pages and then have little, I know people are like, Oh, this is the worst kind of packaging. I don't give a fuck. We've, we've got oh. it. You're not even going to take, you're not even going to take the disc out. Come on. Let's be honest. Unless there's like new <laughs> special, special features. That's all you're popping out. If it's, if it's 4k baby, but I want an evil dead. I want a Necronomicon and it's got all the disc in it. And it's just like a big, like the charm. Remember the charmed book for those charm fam. I'm not a huge charm fan, but <laughs> they did a big, there's like a tome, you know, whatever they had the gr- grimoire. Uh, yeah. where they had all the charm season. That's what I want for Evil Dead. I want a Necronomicon. It, whoever listens to this, whoever has any pull, I'm putting it out in the universe. If it happens, <laughs> I don't want any credit. I just want that's what I want. I want that to exist. Yes, that'd be great. And um, you know, like now's the time. There's got to be a time to strike. You know, because if you're gonna get along and you're gonna put something together, it's hot right now. It's still hot right now. There's a lot of us that are into it. There's still a younger generation that's getting into it i mean you can't last forever so you better get your shit together and put something out at the right time the right way and let us all be happy <laughs> yeah hell you can even throw the remake in there i don't care you know why not yeah, whatever. Just throw just it in there. put it all in there um yeah. so speaking of the remake <laughs> let's uh do you have anything to say about that so we had a remake come out in 2013, I believe. Yes. Um, and it uh, it's its own thing. What do you think? It, uh, it's its own thing. I didn't. I don't hate it. I think Fede Alvarez did a great job. Um, I I love Evil Dead. I'm very, you know, I'm very. That's my cool little band about Evil Dead. Like, don't fuck with Evil Dead too much, you know. Um, but. I got to say for what they did, uh, you know, um, with the protagonist Mia being, a being an addict and them actually going back to hardcore horror. And I like the idea of them being in the cabin to help her kick her addiction and kind of like an intervention. So I thought the, I thought the story was good. I thought the, most of the effects were practical. So I dug mm-hmm. that. I mean, there were, there was some CG and I guess there's, I have not watched, I guess there's a, an extended cut, which I've not seen. Uh, but I will say um, there there was a lot of cool effects and scenes from this movie. I mean, it doesn't, I, it's, I'm not in love with it. Like I am just Ashley J. Williams is my guy. So it's got to have that. <laughs> Even if, if God bless it, you know, if we, when he's 150 years old and we lose Bruce Campbell, you know, if Kelly and, and Pablo were to pick up, pick up the mantle, I would follow them. I think now, I mean, this is before that existed, but I think now they, they're they the right, you know, the rightful heirs to the e- evil dead throne, in my eyes, because how much we've grown with them on the show. Uh, but this was before that, and it did well. Um, but then people still want, you know, fans still demanded Ash Williams. And, you know, he has a little bit of a cameo at the end, but it, and there is rumored to be a scene that they shot where, he was going to pick me up at the end of the film, but for some reason it never materialized or was shot, not used. You get conflicting answers from Bruce Campbell when you ask him at different times, I believe. So it's one of those urban legends out there. I think that would have been cool. If you want to marry the series, you know, the shit keeps happening or there's multiverse. I like that. And I'll get into that a little bit better. But what did you think of the film? Um. Okay. So a couple things. Uh, it's going to sound like I hated it at first because... <laughs> The, I tried starting to watch it twice and I kept getting like kind of bored <laughs> at the beginning and getting distracted and doing something else. Um, and then I would have to stop it and take it back and start again. But finally, <laughs> finally, I just like made sure that I was paying attention enough through the, the first act. And um, and after the first act, it, it really does pick up. I like that they set it up in a way that made more sense to why they wouldn't leave if someone's talking crazy. <laughs> um, with the whole addict thing, she's trying to kick kick her habit and everything. So, of course, they're like, oh, she's talking crazy. She's talking about, like, the people in the woods or the trees or, you know, whatever. Um, so they're like, okay, yeah, we're not leaving because we vowed not to leave and we have 
this other character, I think her name's Olivia, that is a nurse. So she has like things that she needs there to help someone get through a weekend without their addiction. So I, I kind of liked that they m- made it more logical that you wouldn't leave after one weird thing happens with someone. Um, I also, I liked that the dog's name was Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> so I also liked that they kind of played on your expectations because they made this movie knowing that most of the people who are watching this, like, watched the originals. And so they're like, oh, is somebody going to get their hand or their arm cut off or something? Like, someone's got to be the Ash, right? So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people watching are waiting for that moment. And we have kind of a false moment with one of the characters. Um, I mean, I'm just going to assume that you I'm not even going to say spoilers. I'm assuming you guys have like watched these things or don't care at this point if you're going to listen this far. Um, but one of the characters has gets possessed in her hand and um, uses like a little meat cutter, one of those automatic like turkey shavers. Turkey carver, yeah. <laughs> and um, cuts off her own arm, right? And you think, okay, that's not who I expected to be the new Ash, but I guess this is the new Ash, right? Um, so they just kind of flip that, and she's not. She's like, ah, it didn't work. She's she's still possessed, and shit's gonna go down. So our our new Ash is Mia, and she she does end up losing a limb, and it's in a very cool, super nasty way. It grossed me out quite a bit. Um, so they went a different direction, but I think they they. Uh, played up certain parts with that in mind that you would have knowledge of the other movies potentially. And then if you don't, it's still fine because you don't know what's going to happen at all. You have no expectations. I ended up liking it. It's it, just in a different way. It kind of stands on its own. I went into it not expecting it to be the original. So, and, and it isn't, <laughs> but it's still a fun watch. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard for me to um, hate a movie whose climax makes it rain blood from the sky and so much bl- re- practical blood falls on her as she's sawing her uh, own arm off, uh, which or breaking her own arm off. It's just so gnarly. And uh, it's hard. I can't, I got to give the flowers for that. I, I got to say the one thing, you know, of course, when I first saw it, I'm like, where's Ash? Where's Ash? Is Ash going to show up? I want to, you know, and of course it's evil. You can't, in my eyes, you can't remove Ashley J. Williams from evil dead though. He says, He's too old to play Ash anymore, and he's not going to be one. He's not going to be in the new Evil Dead Rises, whatever that's going to be. We can talk about that in a sec. But I, I, you can't. To me, Ash and Evil Dead are are one and the same. Um, he was, you know, even was the Easter egg at the end of this movie. So even though he's not in the movie, he's on the movie. He's, you know, he bookends the movie. He's so, there. Yeah. So I can I can look at this, and we live in a world of you know, Spider-Man and I've read comic books my entire life. So I'm used to multiverses. This universe is, you know, string theory. This universe is going concurrently with this universe. So I'm willing to believe that there are multiple universes, especially in the evil dead timeline with the fucked up continuity that that has (laughs) that this exists. I'll accept that this universe exists parallel to another universe with Ashley J. Williams to where Mia goes through a similar story, but different enough. So I enjoyed it. Um, it's not my favorite, but out of out of all remakes, out of remakes, I mean, obviously, thing, the thing, you know, John Carpenter's thing is my number one favorite remake. But I would put Evil Dead high up there. You know, I'm not a huge fan of remakes. I don't outright hate remakes on on general purpose because I think everybody deserves a shot. Obviously, I'd rather have an original idea, but they were they they knew the Evil Dead franchise always has money because people will always come and this made 90 million dollars so and it didn't get made for very much i think like 13 million dollars so they made their money and good good for them and by them making money we were able to have the ash vs evil dead tv show so you know they gave gave us the best of both worlds new movie and a tv show so i can't hate on that i enjoyed it no 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 no. i've never met any remake even if it does a really bad job or of reimaginings or universe expansions, like whatever. I mean, if it's not great, then it's not great. <laughs> it's I, I, fine. I, I, I'm mad. I'm mad at remakes all the time, but uh, <laughs> that's that's just me. Um, oh, okay, well that that is just you. That sounds like a you problem. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, but now I don't get nerd raged about them. Um, I'm. I would like to say, um, as a little cookie side bit here from me, uh, there are tons of Evil Dead comics. So many, I've sworn off them a bit 
because uh, I'm mostly Army of Darkness books because when I met Bruce Campbell, he said, you know, I, he doesn't endorse them because he doesn't get paid, which I think is bullshit. In the licensing deal, he should get paid for his portrayal of Ash. But sometimes it just didn't work out that way. So they just licensed the name of Army of Darkness or Evil Dead and or Ash, and he doesn't even get paid, which sucks. So that sucks. That being said, I do have a favorite Army of Darkness comic book, and it's Army of Darkness versus the Marvel Zombies. Marvel Zombies, for you, those of you that don't know, is an alternate universe where uh, our favorite Marvel superheroes uh, become infected by the Century, who is like the forgotten version of Superman. He was a character in the Marvel Universe that was in the golden age of the Marvel Universe. Uh, he became too powerful. He becomes over. He has a split personality called the Void. Uh, they send him away and they erase him from reality. I'm sorry, they erase him from everybody's memory so nobody f remembers who he is. He comes back infected by zombies and then proceeds to bite, you know, characters of the Marvel's universe and then turn them into zombies. Well, in this, so that's the Marvel zombie story. This is a prequel to that where Ash, um, at the end, at the conclusion of the first Army of Darkness ongoing series, he gets sucked into what you think is going to be heaven, but he ends up in this, so it's a crossover from Dynamite and Marvel Comics. He drops into the Marvel zombies universe, so he's thinking they're deadites. So essentially, it's Ash running around with your favorite Marvel <laughs> characters, battling, you know, killing zombie versions of all of them, and teaming up with Dazzler from the X Men, and and uh, you know, hitting on Scarlet Witch, Wanda, Maximoff, of and and, uh, and just name all the women he hit on yes. them all. <laughs> yeah, not 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 to give too much away, but there is a funny scene where Frank Castle Punisher teams up with him, and he's just kind of half ass ignoring him. And due to uh, Ash's bravado and ignorance leads to the death and overwhelming, you know, consumption by zombies of Frank Castle. So he inadvertently leads to the death of Frank Castle in the uh, Marvel Zombies universe. But he teams up with Spider-Man. I don't want to give it all away, but uh, even if you but don't read comic it. books. No, I'm just kidding. It, uh, <laughs> no, even, even if you don't read comic books, check that one out. There, my second, I will throw out as an honorable mention. Uh, there's two series. It's um, Ash versus Freddy versus Jason, which was actually a screenplay. That, it started out as a screenplay, and they were going to do it, and there was a rights issue. To like, how do you – you can't kill Ash, and does Ash beat – how does Ash beat Freddy and Jason? I mean, you find out in the comic book, but it's, it's, written, by, um, it's written by Jeff Katz. Uh, I, I dug it. It's really cool. And then there's a sequel called Nightmare Warriors, and it plays into all of the – continuity and stories of Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, and the Deadites. If you ever watched Jason Goes to Hell, I think I brought it up before, you can see the Necronomicon, so it ties ties into that. So it's it's really cool. I don't want to give anything about that away, but there's a trait. It's kind of hard to find nowadays, especially the first one, but if you can check it out, the, the first Ash versus uh, Freddy versus Jason, and then um, there's the uh, Nightmare Warriors, I believe, is the second one. We're definitely worth checking out on the comic book end. Yeah, and um, you mentioned there's there's something co coming up. We we won't spend a ton of time on it because there's not um a lot out on it yet, as far as I know. But Evil Dead Rises. Evil Dead Rises is supposed to be the new newest reboot of the Evil Dead series. Unfortunately, not featuring Ashley J. Williams. Maybe we'll get another Easter egg at the end. Um, but I from the broad strokes, and I don't want to. Once again, we mentioned this. We don't. I don't like to know too much going in, especially trailers give too much shit Same. away. But, <laughs> but for me, it sounds like almost like they're remaking Demons too. Sounds like Demons too, to where um, there's there's deadites that possess this uh, high rise tower and madness ensues. But to me, that's like de Demons too. It's like the high rise demons come through. Shivers. Yeah. Demons that want to have sex with you. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Uh, you know, I guess I'll mean, find it, out. I'll probably check it out. Um, I'll probably check it out. I probably won't look up too much about it. Just check it out and see what see what's up. Yeah. Uh, one final thing I would like to say is Evil Dead needs to keep going on. They he, Ash hinted that, uh, or Ash. See, now I'm calling him Ash. Don't call him Ash. <laughs> Bruce Campbell hinted that uh, he he would voice Ash again if they decided to do an animated series and animated series are hot right now. So maybe we could get that down the line. Maybe like an eight. I don't know who would do it. I don't know who would even have the rights at this point, 
HBO stars, but if it came on a streaming service, I think nowadays it would do well. It would if they pick pick up the right even- studio. They could make something that looks really good and just really bloody and nasty. So, so many like animations and anime can get away with so much more in terms of gore sometimes. So that'd be cool. Right. Yeah. I think so too. Um, Okay, so favorite Evil Dead item. We have we have different types of collectibles. Will usually has more cool collectibles than me, um, or at least uh, more in general, if not cooler. My favorite item that I have, I don't actually own anything like too crazy. Uh, all of my copies of the trilogy are just like regular DVDs, the basic, not like the uncut, no special editions, really. It's just like the basic DVDs, not even Blu-rays. So um, but I do treasure those. I love them. My favorite thing would probably be um, the Ashley Slashy puppet. And that was a Christmas gift from my podcast partner. So it has an extra layer of meaning to it, but it's super awesome. It's huge. (laughs) It's way bigger than I expected. But I love it. And it's like the undemented version. So it doesn't have blood all over it. Um, I could put blood on it, but I'm not gonna. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. It's amazing. It's it's so cool. I'm, I'm the type of person who doesn't like to take things out of the box. But this I had to take out of the box. So I took them out of the box, undid the twist ties. I cut the box and everything so I can put them back in for storage. But um, I love it. It's so cool. Um, when we were watching the series i thought to myself that i mean i didn't think to myself i said it out loud i was like that would be so cool to have like a puppet do they i wonder if they make those and of course will's like yeah they do blah 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 and so that was that was a nice podcast christmas friend surprise and that's probably my favorite thing that i have oh that's very sweet of you to say <laughs> you're welcome thank you but <laughs> what is your favorite uh what's your favorite item that you have uh, I don't have a ton. You see people online and they're like, I've got this chainsaw and this and that and that. And I like that stuff, but I just don't, and I don't have a house, I rent, uh, you know, so I don't have room. It doesn't mean I don't love it. It's like I, I buy different editions I have. Uh, but I would have to say I go for what's important to me over, I go for mm-hmm. quality over quantity. So my favorite piece of quote unquote memorabilia I have is a piece of the wooden cabin floor that I acquired from Mr. Kevin Kreiss, uh, who runs the Living Dead Museum, and he owns pieces of the cabin and actual work shed that I helped him work on um, and put together at various shows. So that's a very important piece to me. It's cool to actually own a piece of the cabin that Evil Dead 2 took place in. So I have to say that's my favorite prized possession and I also, one of my favorite moments that I have a possession from is when the uh, Mahoning Drive-In did um, Heat the Keep Your Distance tour with Bruce Campbell out there. Uh, so it was a socially distanced photo op in front of a facade of the Evil Dead cabin. And um, then there was a cool uh, poster of the two-night feature that he had autographed. So that, that was, those are my two favorite prize possessions, I would say. Oh, 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 I... Uh, I almost forgot. I almost forgot. I can't believe I forgot this. It's so prized I forgot about it. Um, <laughs> I have, um, so I used to work at a bookstore and we'd get various things in. One of the things we got in, and I don't have a player yet still, but it was a laser disc, a blood red laser disc of Evil Dead 2. So obviously I purchased that because I'm a huge Evil That's Dead cool. fan. Uh, when I went on the road with Kevin to help him do the shed, we were following Bruce Campbell. This was the first time I was going to meet him. I was at a horror hound that he was at, but I did not meet him. So this is, you know, I very, not that I'm cheap or anything. I'm spoiled from working at a a con. So I usually meet people when they come to our show and I don't get a lot of autographs. I'm not an autograph guy, but this is Bruce Campbell. This is important to me. So I buy my ticket. I stay in line like everybody else. And uh, I go and meet Bruce Campbell. And it wasn't that long, which was nice. So I must've timed it right. But um, I have the blood red laser disc. I have autographed by him and I hand it to him. And I said, and I, I freeze up. I've met, like, this isn't a brag. This isn't even a humble brag. I've met fucking Richard Dreyfus. I've met all these celebrities that have come to Steel City Con. I've met, like, fucking Angie Dickinson, uh, Martin Landau, like, you know, legendary actors and, and re- legendary wrestlers. And I'm, I'm cool. You know, I'm not, like, I don't get that starstruck. I mean, I respect what they do, but I'm there to 
conduct myself professionally and handle myself in that way. And that's how I may keep staying in my lane and get my job done. Um, but in this instance, I froze. Like I got starstruck by Bruce Campbell and it was, it was very, so it still can happen. And he's like, great. And I just, I just, he's like, all right, bud. <laughs> so I go up and I hand him the laser disc and I'm like, he's like, and I'm not saying anything. Like I'm, I'm frozen. I'm like ice. Oh no. And he's like, and I just hand it to him. He's like, cool movie, huh? And I'm like, yeah. And then he, <laughs> that was it. And I said, yeah. And then he signs it. And I'm like, I'm like, and then I realize what the fuck I'm doing. Like, I'm like, dude, you're bombing. You're, 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 you're blowing it. You're blowing it. You're bombing. So I go, you developed my sense of humor. I said, you helped develop my personality. And then I explained like when I was 10 years old, my aunt and uncle watched uh, army of darkness with me, introduced me to Ash Williams and your snarkiness rubbed off on me. And I was already kind of a snarky kid and you were my hero and going through the ages I always looked up to you as like a reference point of sense of humor. And once I, wa- I went back and watched evil dead movies, but I have to say this is my favorite one and I love it. And he's like, well, thank you, man. That means a lot. And came up, gave me a hug and signed it. And says it was cool. He didn't say yeah. it like that. He's like, well, thank you. You know, he's like, that's re-. He's like, that's cool. And like, he, like sincere. It felt sincere. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like the, we weren't talking for 40 minutes, but it was very sincere and it was cool. And that's all I wanted. It was like, okay, cool, cool. But at first I was like, Fuck, you know, it's Bruce Campbell. Well, I'm glad you shook at, that before the whole interaction was over. Yeah, at the keep your distancing. <laughs> Unfortunately, we couldn't really in- interact with him that much. We did, but he did a cool <laughs> Q and A about it, and it, it was fun. And he kept fucking he he. You could tell he was bitter about the show being canceled. He's like, "Oh, you fuckers said you wanted a show, and then we made you a show, and you didn't fucking watch it." And it's like nobody had stars, you know. <laughs> I feel like he's had that explained to him before, but he just rolls over it. It's not I'm an excuse. No, one watched. <laughs> no it's, it's an not an excuse. It's not an excuse. It's bullshit. And I'm going to call out everybody. You know, I'll give you a pass, but because you were without a job. But I, I'm going to call out everybody who said, oh, I didn't, I didn't get stars. I didn't get this. Bullshit. You motherfuckers, hardcore motherfuckers used to drive hours. To go to the drive-in to see something that was only playing in one city for one weekend, and I still and I've done this before recently. I saw that when when Mandy launched, I drove four hours to go watch it in Columbus. That was the first. This is before we knew it was going to get a wide release. I was like, this Nicolas Cage movie looks awesome. I'm driving. Me and my buddy met in Columbus. He drove from Ohio. I drove from Pittsburgh. We watched we watched fucking Mandy, and we were blown away. And had we just said. Well, Columbus is too far away. It's only screening there. What the fuck are we gonna do? I guess we're not gonna. We're gonna wait till on demand. Like, no, fuck that. I get. I get his being pissed off about it. It is. It's like motherfuckers. You guys waited and you sat through the remake and you were pissed that I wasn't part of the story and then you didn't buy the fucking thing when you had the chance. So I get it. I I get his pain. I'll, I'll give it to him. <laughs> I'm getting off my yeah. soapbox. <laughs> um, some wise words. Uh, that always remind me to sometimes uh, just do something instead of having to worry about planning it because I'm very structured. I like like a whole plan to be in place whenever I do anything. But uh, something to think about sometimes is um, in 10 years, 20 years, however many years you're going to be alive and you look back, are you going to remember doing this thing that might have been a little inconvenient or cost some extra money? Or are you going to remember that one night you're at home just like every other night? No. You're going to remember the thing you did. If Ash Williams never took a chance and went to that cabin, he may have not killed his friends who read from <laughs> the, the Necronomicon. Definitely memorable. The point is, the what are the- you going to remember? He's going to remember killing his friends. Sorry, I'm ruining yes. your joke. <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. Uh, and then I lost my train. No, you're okay. <laughs> you're right. So, but my point. If Ash Williams had not taken the chance and gone with his girlfriend and high school friends to that cabin and they had not taken the chance and gone in the cellar and found that book and read from the book and had demons come, Kandarian demons attacked them and possessed them and he to where he was the last one alive, killing his friends, getting possessed, chopping off his hand, killing more people, innocent people that he had to. He may have not been sucked back through time and hailed. As the hero, the chosen one, <laughs> and then come back to battle evil all again with a whole new group of friends, reclaiming his throne as 
the hero and the one that the Candarian demons tested the metal man. Ash Williams will stand tall as a hero. If he didn't take a chance, that never would have happened. He would have just worked in the fucking S-Mart retail store till the day he died, and we wouldn't be talking about him. So take a fucking chance. Be safe, because there's COVID. <laughs> We're living in a fucking pandemic. I'm not saying that. Take a calculated chance, but take a chance. <laughs> Well, I don't think we're going to get a better summary than that for the Evil Dead series as a whole. I think you summed it up perfectly. What else is there to say? We can just look forward to um, the video game and anything else that comes of it. And uh, Bruce Campbell's going to live forever. And that's Groovy. Groovy.